You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in for another fantastic episode of SOB Style of Business. I am here today, your wonderful host, Keetra, and I am speaking to a wonderful, wonderful gentleman by the name of Mr. Nicholas Poole. He is the CEO and founder of Seku Technologies. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just told me, I'm excited because I just heard a story about a wonderful product he's created, and he has a lot of other things going on, events and all that other good stuff. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Nicholas, a.k.a. Nick, if you don't mind me calling you Nick, give us a little introduction. Give us your background and let's kind of get into your work and uh, unfold this wonderful interview we got. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Nicholas Poole. I'm owner and founder of Seku Technologies. We are a small subsidiary of the Professional Career Training Institute located out in Houston, Texas. And pretty much we're a one-stop shop for all of your tech needs as far as education, projects, websites, web design, web applications, mobile applications. Uh, You want it, we can probably do it. Pretty much how I got a background, a little bit about myself. I'm born and raised Houstonian, but I actually live in Austin for the last nine years. I'm a graduate of the University of Texas at Austin with a degree in economics and got my master's in biomedical informatics. So kind of a different spectrum as far as my undergrad and my graduate work goes. It's actually a pretty funny story how I I started the business. So like I said, back in school, my major is actually economics. And this is a story that I tell to all of my classes. When I graduated, I actually wanted to move to New York City to be the next black Warren Buffett. I was all (laughs) in the stocks. Yeah. <laughs> I was all in the stocks. I was all in the money. I wanted to find different ways of generating revenue for business, generating income for myself. However, I was actually in a relationship at the time. So my girlfriend, she really didn't want me to move up to New York City. And I was like, well, okay, maybe I'll stay in Austin to try to figure out something else to do. Yeah. So I ended up actually taking a, a little tech program. It was a six-week program out in Austin. And it totally, totally changed my life for how I view technology. So as a means of getting some practice under my belt and getting a couple of projects, uh, me and a couple of friends, we started making a few websites and it has actually turned into a full-blown school today. So here we are, changing people's lives. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely doing that. And and I'm happy that you kind of told the story of your background in finance because I know like just before you started getting into the, the tech space, you were on the heels of launching your career in finance. And what I guess the funny thing about that is like being a numbers guy, you know, being a numbers guy and then you, you know, kind of transfer that interest over into to coding and things like that, which I guess they have like similarities. So but aside from that, that whole story that you told, you know, hey, I want to go to Wall Street. I want to work here. Like, did you have any other motivating factors that um, really captured your, you know, your interest when it came to like tech and blockchain and things well, like that? Well, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting because mantra that goes around college campuses uh, when you graduate you got to do what you got to get a job yeah and that's the main motivating factor that I had I mean I'll be honest I knew absolutely nothing about you know technologies but 
you only know what you know. Mm-hmm. And as I began to get my feet wet and I got a couple of internships under my belt, that's one thing. If anybody on the podcast is listening that is currently in school right now, mm-hmm. try your hardest to get internships because a lot of the things that you learn in school are polar opposite of how they actually work in the work domain, in the workplace, right? So, my first job was actually with a software company, a healthcare software company, and I passed by one of my buddy's desks, and I saw a whole bunch of letters and a whole bunch of different colors on his screen, so naturally, you know, I was intrigued. I was like, hey, man, what's that? He said, this is SQL. You know, SQL is actually a database uh, development language, and it allows you to maintain all of the data in a structured way behind all different sorts of applications. As a matter of fact, almost every single application there is. So from there, you know, you just, it's kind of like building blocks. You start to stack one on top of the other, stack another one on top of the other. And it's also like a puzzle almost. So once you, you know, are able to connect those pieces, it creates this beautiful picture. So, and this, this was during the internship. So basically you were, you know, kind of in an internship, just kind of going through the motions and you notice this guy has this SQL uh, coding program. I guess that's the proper terminology for it, like running in the background and you just so happen to see it. Yep, just passing by his desk and, you know, I, I think I was on my way to lunch as a matter of fact, but it's, uh, I remember his face and the way that he was looking at his screen. His name was Ender, actually. And Ender used to always wear these big old Steve Urkel glasses. And he was so caught up in the work that he was doing. But me being new, you know, I'm trying to make friends and build rapport, build relationships so I can, you know, actually end up getting the job. So I actually owe a lot of this, if not all of this, to two people, my ex-girlfriend and Ender. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, give credit what credit is due. We got to do that. We got to do that. And speaking of building in relationships, I know you host several uh, coding mixers and events throughout the year, uh, which you've coined coding with the twist. What is your primary goal for these events? So when people hear about code, they're, they're oftentimes intimidated. They oftentimes, they really don't know where to get started. A lot of individuals don't know how to really get their feet wet. They know they want to do it. But it almost seems like this phantom topic that people are oftentimes afraid to approach. And when people think about developers, they think about these nerds that just sit in these rooms (laughs) and come out almost like cavemen, which we are. (laughs) But for the individuals that are newer, a lot of the times that can be very intimidating. So twice a month, we actually hold free classes to the community. And the one that we have for the month of September is actually coding with a twist. And this is just an opportunity for individuals to come out, learn code for about an hour to an hour and a half, grab an, an alcoholic beverage, but not too, too much because you still got to learn something. Right. You will be in full force. And this just provides individuals with an opportunity to not only learn about coding and different technologies and particular subjects, but also networking. Networking is a big one, especially with us having so many prominent business leaders in the Houston area. So it's just a chance for people to come in and get their feet wet and hopefully figure out if that's the direction that they want to go in. And we sparked a lot of business ideas in the individuals. I received a lot of emails um, after our events, you know, just for people being so thankful that they have the ability to learn about something new and potentially utilize something that's going to help them start their next business. So. Oh, wow. And you're, you're hosting these for free, right? 
Oh, yeah, 100% free. 100% free, uh, okay. All you have to do is bring yourself mm-hmm. a laptop that's preferably charged and your thinking cap. Your thinking cap. Okay, so for the Houston, okay, so these are, I guess right now you're only doing them in Houston, but give us the dates for your upcoming Houston engagements. All right, so the next one that we have, like I said, is going to be part two for Coding with a Twist. That date is September 12th at Station Houston downtown. It's on Fannin Street. I forgot the number for the address, but it's from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. So when I say Coding with a Twist, it's the exact same thing as Painting with a Twist, only for Coding. Only for Coding. Okay. Exactly. That's our play. All right, perfect. Yeah, and I would definitely... uh kind of plug that again here at the end of the podcast. And once we get this up and going, we'll, we'll do some show notes to promote it as well. So for those that are interested in the event located in Houston, just hang on. We're going to definitely get that information from Nicholas here in just a second. So let's talk a bit about the coding. Cause I know you just said people are intimidated. I'm beyond intimidated. When I see that word, you know, in the blockchain and the cryptocurrencies, I just, I'm not a numbers person. You know, I like to see colors and crayons and you know stuff like that I'm more visual that the analytical part is beyond me but let's talk a bit about it like you said a lot of people get intimidated word like coding the blockchain it sounds like so complex so how do you go about introducing the type of material to first timers like the people that want to learn but it's the first time so how do you go about actually introducing well, info? I tell everybody and if you want if this is a world that you want to get into then the most important thing that you can do is have an idea in mind and the reason why I say that is because I encounter a lot of individuals that go to YouTube that attempt to get their feet wet in coding, but they don't really understand it from a perspective in which they have the ability to apply it, per se. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it's like me wanting to learn how to cook, but I'm cooking Greek food, but I've never been to Greece before. I don't know anything about Greek. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> there are so many different programming languages that do so many different things that have the ability to do so many different things that are specific to so many different that are specific to so many different uses. So coming into the class, that's the first thing that I tell them is it's good to have an idea in mind. And how I kind of describe coding is say for instance, you know, us living in Houston, we want to go to LA. Well there's tons of different ways for us to get to Los Angeles, right? We can jump on I-10 if I want to. I can drive around the entire continental United States. I can jump on a plane. Well, your code is what's going to allow you to get to L.A. most efficient, what's going to allow you to complete your goal in the most efficient means possible, okay? And that goal is typically going to come by the means of building some type of application. So think about the Instagrams, think about the Facebooks, think about the whole host of applications that they have on your phone, that you have on your phone. We can do these things without use of the apps, right? If I want to transfer money to somebody, literally all I have to do is open up Venmo, select one of my friends, and the money goes to them instantly, just Mm -hmm. like that. However, if it was back in the old days, then I probably have to go to the bank, I got to do a transfer, Mm -hmm. then I got to pay a transfer fee, then I have to wait three to five days for it to actually go to somebody else's account. So essentially, by use of the Venmo app, somebody has created the way that we get from Houston to L.A. in the most efficient means possible. And that's the main thing that we look to do with coding. How can we make people's lives easier? How can we generate something new that we've never seen before, that we've never had the ability to do before? 
So it's about creative thinking, it's about critical thinking, and it's about creating robust ways of changing technology. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I definitely agree with you um, there. And, and speaking of like creativity, I'm curious to know, like, what are your thoughts on the future of, of currency? You know, we're seeing a, a growth spurt in like the cryptocurrencies, especially like Bitcoin, you know, and all that other stuff. Is that digitized so currency? Didn't hear from me, but um, I'm, I'm not okay. the biggest fan of Bitcoin. Okay. Here's why. I like the idea of Bitcoin, but I'm more so of a huge advocate of the technology that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies sit on. So I kind of relate this era to the dot-com boom back in the early 2000s, right? Mm, okay. In which the internet was something that was so new. People knew about it. They wanted to find a way to get into it, but they weren't exactly sure what it did. They weren't exactly sure what it was. Email was just kind of this foreign concept. And I still think we're within the phase that cryptocurrencies and blockchain alike are in this phase that people know about. I got to admit, a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon because the value of Bitcoin rose so astronomically high that people just wanted to jump on the bandwagon and make a little bit of money without actually understanding what they were getting themselves into. So I do believe that cryptocurrencies are here to stay, but they're not going to be here to stay until we get some type of centralization and control around them. The decentralized aspect of cryptocurrencies allows for a lot of illegal activity to take place. And it also presents risky opportunities for individuals to not have to utilize, you know, certain businesses out there that will end up making these businesses money. So I think while those strangleholds um, still exist, at the same time, I really like the idea of it. But I think decentralization is actually something, at least in the case of Bitcoin, that ends up actually hurting us. And until we get a little bit more control, until we get a tad bit more policy around it, that's when I think we'll start to see a lot more businesses and a lot more organizations adopting it. But the technology, the technology that it sits on, blockchain, is it, truly foundational. I mean, it, we're definitely in that phase in which we're sitting in the era of something that is about to blow up in a good way. But still need a few more years. Yeah, still need a few more years. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic point that you brought up. And just really quick, I, I know I, I didn't uh you may not be prepared that well I guess you are. Um I didn't mention this before, but just give us give us a brief what exactly is, is blockchain? Because I know people that are listening, myself included, I don't really understand what that is. So break that down for us if you don't mind. Yeah. So you can think of blockchain as being a huge digital ledger. Okay, a digital ledger in which any type of transaction made in any type of currency or crypto, it doesn't even have to be cryptocurrencies. It can be literally anything that has some type of digital value is recorded chronologically and publicly. However, it's also recorded securely. So I'll think about it like this. If I send you some money, this blockchain is not what only verifies that I'm the person that I am and you're the person that you are, but it also secures and encrypts that transaction. Seeing as how we're dealing with things that are essentially digital, meaning that it's got tangible value, but I can't actually 
grab it. Oh, okay. It makes it really easy for somebody to go in and steal it if it weren't that secure. So what the blockchain does is it's actually a means of not only recording all of these different transactions that take place, but it's on such a large network that everybody that's a part of the blockchain essentially verifies that handshake. They verify that transaction right in and there. And the blockchain also has multiple copies that sits on everybody else's server. So if I try to infiltrate and crack the code and steal something on the blockchain, and chances are it's not going to go through because that blockchain is constantly updating around the network every single time with every single transaction. So it's a very secure way of being able to maintain digital assets. And in this case, we've seen the best use of that by way of blockchain. Yeah, that, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yeah. All right, perfect. Nicholas, tell us, let, let's talk a bit about some of the initiatives you have for, for Seku. I know that you have the teaching component and you also do a bit within the community. What type of things do you have lined up, like your mission going forward for your company? Not to necessarily say that this is a bad thing, but I am such a huge advocate of seeing people of color, our minorities, being playing way larger roles in the areas of technology than, than what we do now. Not, not only people of color, but also women as well. I have a lot of colleagues that, that work at Google. I have a lot of colleagues that work at Facebook. I have a lot of colleagues that work at Apple, Samsung. And the main things that they tell me is that they're missing women in tech roles and not just women of color, just women in general. And also people of color of being in these, being in these strong tech roles, man. And our people are some of the strongest, brightest, most life-changing individuals that I know. So through Seku, one of the things that we try to do is go out to schools, hold other community events, and even through holding these classes, just invite individuals in to be able to provide them with grants, different scholarships, different opportunities for them to be able to get certified in these different technologies. So we actually have a 10-month program, which um, individuals are able to come in. We provide you with a free laptop. And within that program, you actually end up getting two certifications. You get an MCSA certification. You also get an MCSE certification. You'll come in. Not only will you learn about coding, but you get projects under your belt. And then once you actually graduate from the program, we take you through, you know, what's a real-life interview like or what's a day in the life of an actual developer. So we're actually preparing you for these different job roles and not only to get the job, but to be successful in the job as well. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, and I I know we uh, had a brief conversation before we started recording here in regards to Seiko and the, the meaning of it, and I think that's definitely relevant. So if you will, share with us, like, what... What is Seiko? Uh, yes, what is so, the meaning? So, so Seiku actually means success in Japanese. Seiku, yeah, Seiku. Yeah, yeah I'm actually means success in Japanese. Um, it's okay. I mean, a lot of people it's mispronounced. It's, it's totally mm-hmm. fine. But it means success in Japanese, and I think that word encompasses what I want to see for everybody that gets involved with the business, for everybody that comes into the business, that if I'm not making you successful, if every student that sits in every one of those seats is out of our classroom, are not successful, that we have failed our mission. I want to see everybody do better than me. Yeah, you know, I'm a young business owner, but I want to create the next Elon Musk. I want to create the next Mark Zuckerberg. I want to create 
create the next Steve Jobs. And we have so many different individuals that have that ability to do that within our community. We're just here to help you tap into it. Exactly. That's definitely that's a good thing, Nicholas. And I know you're doing a lot to, to empower not only your local community, but I know you've also done work in Austin and, and other um, areas. So what would be your suggestion to the person that is interested in learning how to code? <laughs> Call me. No, <laughs> no, that's a good one. It's a good start. in mind when I first started out I did not know what I wanted to create if I wanted to create mobile apps if I wanted to create websites you know, a lot of people are afraid to get their feet wet and you know I'm not necessarily saying that this is something that's easy anything that's, that's new is not going to be easy but you can do it and I want people to do way part ways with the misnomer that they don't have the ability to do it for starters you have to have an idea and figure out the way that technology is going to allow you to complete that goal, to complete that idea in mind. Right. And that way you'll be able to apply, you know, some type of code to be able to get there faster. To get there faster, yeah. No, that's that's good good information. Do you have like any resources that you would recommend? Oh yes. So I know it's kind of cliche, but one thing that helped me when I was first starting out is for dummies series. So how you have like finance for dummies, how you have like coding for dummies. So there's actually a book on Python and I believe that Python is probably the strongest, most malleable, most transverse programming language that anybody can get into and it's actually a lot easier to understand than many of the other programming languages out there. So do some research on Python and the four dummy series on Python as well. Great. Good stuff. Good stuff. And what is I'm going to pick your brain here for for just a second. What's like one of the most common misconceptions you you hear like in regards to learning for those people that are learning how to code? Like what is what's one of the most common things you always hear? Honestly, that you have to be a nerd. (laughs) Okay. that you have to be a nerd. Another one that I oftentimes hear is that my mind doesn't work like that or my brain just, you know, (laughs) doesn't. Think about how many different circuits, think about how many different connections your brain makes a day. You're doing the exact same thing. If you like puzzles, if you like different games, coding is nothing more. Uh, One thing that I'll relate it to again is think about learning a new language such as Spanish, such as French, such as German, such as Portuguese. Well, now you're just going to be learning the language of computers, right? So you have to find the Rosetta Stone for computers and that's what your coding is going to allow you to do allows you to translate human ideas that we understand as humans and put that into a means in which computers will be able to understand love it love it love it love it good stuff i know you work with you've been doing a lot and i know you have a passion for like helping people and, and teaching them the different courses why is this work important to you like what motivates you to continue with this changing lives honestly Keitria, there's nothing more beneficial than seeing a student graduate from the program and just having their whole life just turn around. I've had individuals that have gone from dead-end jobs to making great money. I, I have friends that have literally unlimited PTO, and I know that's a hard concept to wrap your mind around, yeah. but they've gone from a place in which you know, it's kind of like a dead-end job, a couple of weeks, you know, PTO here and there to jobs that actually want them so bad that they are willing to give them 
unlimited PTO. I need to find where these jobs are. They need to <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how to code, but you can definitely put put my application in as well. <laughs> well I'll, put, I'll, put I'll put a word in for you. <laughs> yeah, sounds good, Nicholas. All right, good deal. So as we get ready to wrap up, Mr. Nicholas Poole, let us know where we can find you online. Uh, drop some information in regards to Seku Technologies, upcoming events, dates, and all that other good stuff. Yes, yes. So if you want to find me on Instagram, it's going to be at where is Nick Pool, and that's going to be Pool with an E. If you want to find me on Facebook, it's going to be my name, Nicholas, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, last name Pool, P-O-O-L-E. You can also find us at www.pcti.edu. Or if you want to find some more information about our community programs, make sure you hit up SecuTechnologies.com, SecuTech.com. Perfect. Sounds good. And also, uh, if you will, give us the uh, date and time again for the upcoming Coding with the Twist event. Yes, yes. So Coding with the Twist Part 2 is going to be September 12th from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at Station Houston in Houston, Texas, downtown. Excellent. Sounds good, Nicholas. Thanks so much for tu- uh, for tuning in. <laughs> well, I guess you did kind of tune in. But I'm yeah. tuning in too. I'm a, I'm a listener now. You, you want me over as a fan, so here I am. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? And I we have to have you back because I need you to talk about that app. I need oh, I, yes, you, you know what? Let's I tell you what, let's let's do it. Let's do it. If you have a minute, let's do that. we're gonna I go ahead and talk about that. Like app. That's important because everybody needs to know. Yeah. So Cedar Child Instagram has become such a huge part of our lives and also a huge part of our businesses. I not have a lot of time on my hands day in and day out to maintain my Instagram, to go in and post to find other businesses that are like mine and yada, yada, yada. It just takes away too much. So what I did was I actually created a little app, a little tool that will go out and search specific hashtags for me that have to do with my particular business domain. So technology, tech, education, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, it'll go in and it'll search as many hashtags as you want it to. And it'll go in using natural language processing to search specific posts. And it'll like the posts that fall within the confines of what I'm looking for. And it'll also follow that individual. So this is actually the way that I found out about style of business and teacher is that my bot ended up going in and liking one of her posts and ended up following her. And then after that, she sent me a message, followed each other back, and here we are today, helping out the people. Hey, there we go. I love it. That's that's good. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I I probably need to sign up for one of those classes because you're doing some fantastic stuff with the coding and the the apps and all that other good stuff and anything that has to do with time management. I'm all for. So, so sounds good. Definitely gonna do that, Nicholas. So thanks so much again. Um, we are going to make sure to include the information on coding with the twist on the show notes. And uh, we definitely look forward to having you back here again in the future. So thanks again for your time and you uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Let's do it. Have a great weekend. Talk to y'all later. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.